And that should be a very concerning bellwether or a warning to Western nations. Brendan Kavanaugh, who goes by Dr. K, goes around to public places in the UK, finds public pianos and performs on them. So they walk up and they say, you can't film us. And he says, you're not in communist China anymore. It's a free country. You're trying to essentially say, I have Chinese superiority over you here. So there was enough knowledge by that group to look for victim status somehow. And they started with the harass, sexual harassment potential mm. issue. And then they moved to the next one, which is even more powerful. Hello, and welcome to the Pop Culture Contrarian podcast with Thomas Sterling and Andrew. Hello. Hey, everybody. Today, we're turning our eyes to Great Britain, and we're going to be talking about Dr. K, a piano man for 2024. But as we turn our eyes to Great Britain and the island of tea and the origin country of tea, we're first going to deal with something that has to do with tea. Uh, so I'm going to read you something the, the U.S. Embassy in Great Britain had to release about the special relationship. A country that you know, had a famous tea party. Yes, yes. And, and tea has always been kind of controversial between the U.S. and the U.K. So it's important to our special relationship with the U.K. to address these matters head on. So, an American professor released their recipe for a perfect cup of tea, and it involved a pinch of salt to basically reduce the bitterness of the tea. And so this is the United States Embassy press release, January 24th, 2024. It's got the official seal. It's very impressive. Today's media reports of an American professor's recipe for the perfect cup of tea has landed our special bond with the United Kingdom in hot water. Tea is the elixir of camaraderie, a sacred bond that unites our nations we cannot stand idly by as such an outrageous proposal threatens the very foundation of our special relationship. Therefore, we want to ensure the good people of the UK that the unthinkable notion of adding salt to Britain's national <laughs> drink is not official United States policy and never will be. Okay. Let us unite in our steeped solidarity and show steeped. the world that when it comes to tea, we stand as one. The United States will continue to make tea in the proper way by microwaving it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, because of course, microwaving it is, is the biggest faux pas of all, but we're Americans, so. We do what we want. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, the Chinese think they can do what they want, too. Yes, yes, that is a very good segue. So, the incident we're going to be talking about was this guy, Brendan Kavanaugh, who goes by Dr. K., goes around to public places in the UK, finds public pianos, and performs on them. And then he videos himself doing it and shares that online. Yeah, he's had a whole YouTube channel dedicated to this that I guess he started about 2012. Yeah. Yeah. He has a pretty big following. As of now, it's 2.3 million subscribers. Yes. I think that he picked up a lot since this incident. I think it was 2.1. Yeah, and the incident was on the 19th. Today is the 25th. You'll be seeing this on like the 1st of February, something like that. Mm -hmm. So what happened was he was just playing piano. And he says, well, it's in public. You're in public. I'm allowed to do that. You've got the Chinese here. You do need to. I see because we're here before Chinese TV as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, did you think as all of us in your cameras? Uh, I'll be, I'll be, uh, I don't know. Are we allowed? Well? No, no. We're, we're not allowed. Yeah, yeah, so we, we're not allowed? Uh, yeah. for, it was, I think, tied to the Chinese New Year. 
Yes, that's what they said in the video. Yeah, yeah. CCP TV, basically. Right, and and you don't call it a mainland public service platform if you're not, by virtue of that wording, denying the right of Taiwan to exist as an independent. It's basically code for Beijing, for the Communist Party. Yes, yeah. yes. So they walk up and they say, you can't film us. And he says, you're not in communist China anymore. It's a free country. Yeah. We are protecting our own image, right? You're not sharing. But this we're in public. Yeah, exactly. No, no sharing. So we're not allowed no to sharing. share? No sharing. Yes, no sharing us. Share yourself. That's fine. No sharing us. Okay. No sharing. Please share me. Oh, yes. share you. Yeah. So who, <laughs> and if one day... But like, the thing is, we, we're in a free... I'm really we're, sorry. We're, we're on a schedule but, here. So that, me too, but we're in a free country, mate. That's true. We're you not in communist China now, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. This is reasons now. We have no, we're not in communist China. We're in a free country. I mean, he had every right to do what he's doing. Yeah, hundred percent. Now, when when we first discussed talking about this for the podcast, I was a little bit unsure of the legalities, and I was like, "Well, I, I know there are some or circumstances where you can say you don't have the right to show my image, but it's not when you're in a public place. No. It's when you're in private that you're allowed to do that. Because if you're in a public place, as we all know, celebrities don't have privacy. That's what paparazzi does. Yeah, I mean, literally, the monarchy." Don't they go out in public? Everyone takes pictures of them. Right. Prince William doesn't have the right to tell someone in public not to film him. Yeah. And he's going to be king one day. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you could you could think, just to play devil's advocate here, they could try to claim, well, we're not public figures, try to go that route, like we're just private individuals. However, matter. what we know about at least one of these individuals is they have their own podcast back yeah home. They're, they're they're public figures back home so it's right, not like influencers these are unknown people. yeah they're all over chinese social media as influencers have tons of views each individually to my knowledge right. yeah i looked into one of the the there it's several women and then one guy who really makes his voice heard in the video among the chinese people his name is newton lang i believe and i looked at him and like you can find his instagram there's tons of pictures of him doing all sorts of stuff on instagram and he makes that publicly available. It's not like he's really all that worried about what he puts online. Well, even with that being the case, when you're in a public space, you have no right to privacy. Correct. And that's true, especially in America, but it's true in the United Kingdom as well. And they have laws that are predicated on Western common law, English speaking law. So you might say, OK, well, but what about the law in China? And so I actually did some research, and of course, I don't speak Chinese, so I had to rely on Google Translate. So I could have some of this wrong, but I did find the law that I, it seems like they're referencing. The right to portrait is, I think, the term they use. But I found the law that has that wording, in it, and it's called the right of publicity, but also right of portrait. We will put a legal action into it. Oh, okay. Yeah, we will put a legal action really? into it. We will. Legal action I'm sorry, this is the but, end of the conversation. This is our right we're protecting, and that's it. But what right? I don't understand. Image right. Article 1019 says you can't publish videos of someone without their permission unless they were in a public space. So even in China he would have had the right to do what he was doing, seemingly. Yeah. I understand that there may be some kind of law about image rights in China, but I think that that's, even that is not the point. And I see what you're saying, of course. Right. That they're arguing from a position of a Chinese influence, right? So yeah. they're thinking about it from a Chinese worldview. But even with that being the case... They're not in China. <laughs> That's yeah. incontrovertible. They were in London. It's in a public place 
in China. It was the uh, St. Pancras Station yeah. in London. You're not in China. So why are you trying to subvert a UK citizen in a free country, mm-hmm. arguably free country, comparatively speaking to China, a free country? Right, right. While you're trying to essentially say, I have Chinese superiority over you here. Yeah. Yeah, you're imposing rules, which it's questionable, like you were saying, that may not even be the way they were at least suggesting was the case, may not actually even be true in China. Right. So it is a class of cultures. I think that's maybe one of the more fascinating elements of here. But what's really, I think, the most fascinating thing is it's a free democratic society like the UK versus an authoritarian Chinese society and the interaction of individuals from those two diverse worldviews interacting. Right. Almost as far apart in terms of of governmental structure and rights of the people as as you could imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I think what more people maybe felt was more disconcerting about this whole episode, not so much the Chinese – but the way the police reacted in the situation, Very seemingly concerning. initially, or at least part of the way, taking the side of the Chinese. Listen. She's at Kerry, we're in Britain. Right. We're in a public space. The We've first, got a free country. The first of the matter is, I'm making communist comments at the No, I said, you're waving a communist flag. And the hands were meant to be going towards her? Were you trying to touch her in that I was not trying to touch her. That's why I have a camera. Okay. That's why I have a camera. They've requested that the video where they've approached gets deleted and not used on your channel. No, they don't. Because there's money being made and they work for a company, then their faces can't be shown. Well, they should be. You're not their private security agent. I'm not their private security agent. And we're in a free country. We're in a free space. We're not causing trouble. The problem is not from us, Kerry. The problem is they are coming over, telling us what to do. It seems like what they were doing is they were they were specifically pandering to the weaknesses of the West and trying to influence the situation to go their way by using these words that Westerners are so afraid of, like being called racist. Well, they were playing they were playing the victim. And yeah. if you look at the situation and how it unfolded, initially they're pretty polite coming up and saying, oh, right. we like what you're doing and everything. But then they said, well... Basically, they asked them to stop filming and to, and to erase them from the footage. Right. Somehow, it qu- quickly went to the law issue. Yeah. Like, you, we, you're you not allowed to have our image or something. And when the back and forth was going on, he was pointing out to the fact that, you know, you, you guys are in the UK. You're in London. We're not in China. So that and law, you're, in fact, filming yourself. Right. And that law doesn't apply. And then he was pointing out the flag Mm-hmm. and insisting on it. And so they weren't getting anywhere with him is what I interpret it as. That's yeah. when the response from the one guy, the shout, which is over the top. I'm also working. I'm also working, but I don't want well, you to use my email. He's got a Chinese flag It doesn't matter. Show me the Chinese flag. Why are you touching her? Stop touching her! Don't touch her, please. Do not touch her. Please, you are not the same age. Please do not touch her. I think that shout... Whoever this individual was, I think he's been trained in um, spin, I guess. Well, he's and the use of mo- motivational force. You could yeah, say yeah. in a certain scenario, like well, he basically is- like being some type of agent. 
he is known to be associated with Confucius Institute. You're right. Well, at least that has... I did read an article saying that there has been speculation. And well, maybe it's speculation. Uh, what was the exact wording? If we don't know for sure, then I'll, I'll change my statement to yeah, speculation. So, so Newton Lang suspected to be a Chinese language teacher with close ties to the Confucius Institute. Okay. Okay. So well, suspected. I think what happened was at that point when he started saying, don't touch her, don't touch her, then he tried to spin it as if Kavanaugh was – some type of a sex predator. Right. And he says, you're not the same age as her. Don't touch right. her. And it's very important to specify that Dr. K was not trying to touch her. He was saying, yeah. we're not in communist China. And they're like, why are you talking about communist Chinese? Like, well, you're, he reaches out and grabs one of their flags. You're flying communist Chinese flags. And that's when the guy shouts, don't touch her, which mm-hmm. he wasn't doing. The, or the aim was get this guy to capitulate to our demands. If we accuse him of engaging in some nefarious behavior publicly and make a big scene about it, it may embarrass him and may cause him to say, look, man, I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah, sure. I'll erase and just leave me alone. Mm -hmm. I think that was, that was part of the idea of that move. And to Kavanaugh's credit, especially when he was being encouraged to apologize to the woman for supposedly reaching out to touch her inappropriately. He refused to even acknowledge that was that there was any legitimacy to that. Right. And I think that, so when that crashed and burned and trying to get him to do what they wanted, then, then the whole racism thing starts to be. And they, I I think it, it wasn't quite clear in the video, but I believe they send one of their party to go grab the police woman and bring her over. Yeah. It's like this whole idea from this position of, you know, I will appeal to your mercy because I know that mercy or sympathy is within your value system. Right. But, and that's when you're in power. Yeah. When I'm in power, I will give you no mercy because that's in line with my value system. Yeah. It's hails, it's, it's heads I win, tails you lose. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And just, this is not quite germane to the discussion, but anyone who's been to really big tourist attractions around the world, the Grand Canyon or any of the big national parks in Alaska, I've been to some of these. If you encounter Chinese tourists, which you will, because they're everywhere, which nothing wrong with that, they're allowed to visit national parks. They don't believe in personal space. They don't believe in lines. They are willing to invade your personal space, shove all sorts of stuff. Like not not shove you and make you fall down, but just shove to get ahead of you kind of thing. And it's like now suddenly reaching out to touch a flag in your hand is some incredible violation. I don't really think so. Yeah. Yeah. You're pandering to the culture you're in. So there was enough knowledge by that group to look for victim status somehow and they started with the harass sexual harassment potential mm. issue and then they moved to the next one which is even more powerful which is race the, the charge of racism and that should be a very concerning bellwether or a warning to western nations this idea of political correctness or woke ideology that is essentially weakening the position of people with exercising their rights right. in the uh, favor of the theoretically oppressed party. But in doing so, you are empowering a 
nation that is seeking to world dominate. And at the same time, eroding the values and rights, backbone. the backbone of the West. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's kind of three main areas to discuss about this. We've been covering the first one, which is, but I think we can dig in a little bit more before we move on. I'm calling it China's attempt to export authoritarianism worldwide. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. We tried in the 90s and the early 2000s to export our system of freedom to China. <laughs> it kind of worked, but yeah. not really. Empowered uh, them. Right. And now they're they're doing the same, except their system is not freedom. It's it's total governmental control. Could you like unpack that a little more by how, how are they yeah. exporting it? Yeah. So we mentioned the Confucius Institutes. Yeah. Those were basically ways to infiltrate universities with basically Chinese communist dogma, as far as I can tell. It was it had the veneer of actual scholarly work, but really the point of these things, and these things have been banned in many states, maybe across the whole nation of the US, the point was to import China's values and China's sensibilities into American colleges and universities. And, and indoctrinate those values into it's the students. Establishing also, cultural beachheads is what... Right. And is. that's also true for cities and uh, states across the world. Right. And and that's just one area where they do this kind of thing. Another area, I'm going to pull up a link, is they've set up these unofficial police stations. They have a special phrase for it, but I'll just read you all the nations where these overseas police service centers, quote unquote, have been set up by the Chinese. And and the goal of these things is to punish Chinese nationals abroad for infractions under Chinese law. So you're a Chinese person in America, in LA is one of the cities where they have these things, and you commit a crime that's a crime in China, but not a crime in the US. And the point of these is to punish you in LA for committing the crime that's not a crime in LA. And so I'll just read quickly down the list a few of the many nations they set up these police stations in. Angola. Argentina, Australia, Austria, Bangladesh, Brazil, Cambodia, Canada, Chile, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Ireland, Israel, Italy, 11 in Italy. That's more than anywhere else, I think. Portugal, South Africa, like everywhere in the world they can, they're doing this. In the United States, there's four. LA, New York, another in New York, and then one with an unknown location. Are those still operating or have they been shut down? Let's see when this article was published. This Uh, is 2022. So this is a year old. I wonder if those have since been, because once this came out, I don't think. Yeah, I think the U.S. acted to to shut most of these down. It doesn't mean that they aren't trying to put up more, but. And, you know, who knows which ones we never knew about. Well, it's kind of like the long arm of the Chinese law. Yeah. Uh, And if you are, yeah, I mean, imagine if you're a national in, let's take a really cheesy example, Cuban cigars. Okay. We have an embargo against them. doesn't mean you can't actually smoke them if you had them here, but you're not allowed to legally bring them in or purchase them here in the United States, right? Right. Imagine if you were in the UK where there is no embargo against it or Canada or someplace and you went and bought some Cuban cigars. Or even brought them into the country. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, if you just bought them in another country and then there was like some secret U.S. police force that just bashed you your, your your hotel room where you're staying or something and said, you you bought these, this is against the law, you're not allowed to have these. I mean... Right. If, if the U.S. tried to set up a, a police station in Paris, France, that would be nearly a declaration of war. <laughs> they would not allow right. that. So China just basically thinks the rules don't apply to us and we can basically try to 
get our tendrils everywhere on Earth so that nowhere is truly free anymore. That's that's what they're trying to do. And it seems like this may also be associated with the Belt and Road Initiative. Yeah, that's that's something they do in Africa primarily, I think. Yeah. But they do it around the world. In Mainly the idea is creating a continuous form of trade with China being the center of yeah. everything. So the West's philosophy in Africa specifically has kind of been okay, Burkina Faso, you want a railroad system through your country. Let's help you get to the point where you can build that yourself. Yeah. And China comes in and- Let's make and, you a democracy pretty much. Right, right. Or just you know, improve your industrial capacity, whatever you need to actually do it yourself. And then mm-hmm. you, know, you don't need our help anymore. And China comes in and is like, you want railroad system across your country? Sure, but you're going to be in debt to us for six decades. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then they use that to basically- achieve political power in yeah. whichever country they do that in. The big difference too, though, I think of what Chinese is promising and what the U.S. has been doing for quite a long time is the Chinese, they at least promise that, hey, we'll have representation here, but you guys pretty much get to do what you want and we'll turn a blind eye. So if you want to do the human rights abuses, yeah. we really don't care just as long as everything's okay for us. Right. Whereas, you give us tribute and we don't care if you have child soldiers. Correct. Kind of thing. Uh, but in the United States, we're going to say, no, we're going to set up a humanitarian democracy that's going to serve all people just like what we have here. Right. The United States says you have child soldiers. Well, then you're not getting the hundred million dollars in aid until you get rid of them. Right. Well, to be fair, both sides have the Chinese. You're right. The Chinese aren't going to care about a lot of those other things. That doesn't mean they aren't going to have also a list of demands saying, but you need to meet us here, here, and here if you want to, the mm-hmm. the money to keep flowing. We do the same thing. Our demands are different. Right. So there is a quid pro quo going in both instances. Yeah, I, I this is speculation because it's been a little while since I've read up on what their demands are. But their demands, I believe, are along the lines of you can't call Xi Jinping Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. which Because he looks uh, like Winnie oh, the yeah. Pooh. Xi Jinping looks like Winnie the Pooh. Tiananmen Square, 1989. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick sidebar on that. Dr. K was told to wear Winnie the Pooh on a shirt oh, yeah. or put the the numbers, I think, 8965. Yeah, I think that's Tiananmen a Tiananmen Square reference. Yeah, In any of the videos so that they get banned in China and he can never have anything spun in China against him. Anyways, right. I, I, I Just because the Chinese so are so, their national, their Great Firewall works so well that I, I know in some video game settings, sometimes people will type Tiananmen Square 1989 and then cause a bunch of Chinese players to have, dis- to, to have to disconnect <laughs> from hilarious. the match. That's funny. So that's kind of the first issue here, which is China's attempt to export authoritarianism. And we haven't talked about their social credit score, but we can talk about that at a different date, maybe. The the other like big issue with this video, I think, is, is the policewoman's response. Yeah. Because she comes in and basically immediately she doesn't have anything to say to the to Newton Lang or any of these other people. But she goes to Dr. K and she was like, you can't say that. You can't say that you're not in communist China anymore. Well, you're not in communist China. Anymore. No. And she's basically trying to get him to just acquiesce to whatever their demands are because I don't know why. We don't know why she did what she did, but it seemed like her instinct is just, oh, these non-British people have a request. So they get what they want over a British person. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the case in in the British policing system at the moment. Well, this is where, you know, we, we get into the woke or the 
critical race component that has so infected the West, Western authorities, at least, probably still going on. But just weeks before, in the UK, as well as in the US, there have been a lot of protests with people flying Hamas flags or Palestinian flags. Yeah, they and call them pro-Palestinian rallies, but they're pro- really anti-Israel rallies. Yeah, but but in those rallies, literally calling for basically death to Israel or, you know, from the river to the sea, which is the same. A call for genocide, and Intifada is another call for genocide. And they're evidently free to do that because reasons. And in this instance, somehow it's racist to point out that there are Chinese people from China, which is a communist nation. And again, I don't understand why if you're a Chinese citizen, you will are offended at being called communist. <laughs> I thought that's what I thought that's what you believed in. Right. Well, at least if you're a representative of for Chinese TV. Right. Right. I don't think all uh, Chinese are down with that. No. No. No, but I I do think most likely if you're allowed to leave China and you're in good standing with the Chinese government, you're supposed to be preaching the virtues of communism. So, my biggest question after this whole incident is what precipitated this in the minds of the the Chinese group, crew, film crew, because they were actually filming themselves. Because when you watch the video, Kavanaugh goes and he does his usual thing, sets up his camera, starts playing on the piano. And it's like 10 minutes before anything happens. 10 minutes, almost nine minutes, something like that, before anything happens. He does mention that there are some people here who seem to be maybe up to no good so hit the like button, I'll do a few songs for you and just stay there because there's a lot of kind of uh, surreptitious activity going on in the station. I might need your help. I, like I, I think what he was pointing out was he had already seen that there was actually a Japanese TV crew there that had filmed, that he'd worked with in the past. Oh, okay. Go on, do it again. He's got, we've, got, we've got Jim here from the Japanese TV queue. There's a load of Japanese people here doing... Can you see them? There's all sorts of stuff. We've got a Japanese TV crew in the station. He sets down, he plays, and you kind of see, you know, people walking by, people standing and listening. You know, he's good at playing the piano. And he has one guy who's hanging around, I assume is his friend, who's who's kind of yeah. trying to defuse yeah. the situation. Jumps in. But what you see before anything really happens, you, you kind of notice that there's these Chinese folks standing in the background a little bit any other person walking by do we know who any of the other people were that didn't interact that just walked by or stood right. there and if then they left? didn't bring attention to themselves you that, wouldn't have known they were on the video right so in my mind i'm asking myself this question why are they so concerned about being caught in the background of the footage of his youtube video what's bothering them so bad about it and that's where i still don't feel like we have a very good answer yeah my initial thought would have been they don't want to get caught in like a commercialist shopping center but there were they were filming a video themselves yeah but it's a train station right but uh, i will say just briefly because i mentioned it earlier the social credit score i think that does give chinese citizens an incentive to basically try to enforce chinese rules wherever they are because if your social credit score drops too low you lose privileges like being able to drive in china so do you think that was the main motivation they were worried that somehow by being caught in another video that they weren't curating and controlling themselves that it could damage their social credit score that's that's my best guess i I think if you are a chinese national 
you're probably living in paranoia 24-7 because the government's literally watching you 24-7 and judging you. If they really didn't want to get seen and known, well, that blew up in their face. <laughs> sure did. Yeah, I know. So was the overreaction, especially the point of the yelling, I'm wondering if they were considering, we'll get this to the point where we'll eventually get our way. And so they were willing to kind of continue to increase the kind of the volume on the situation with the objective of believing that eventually it'd go their way. And now that it hasn't, I don't, there's a natural thing with, with humans too. When you start to feel you're getting caught and things going, getting out of your control, you can get more extreme. Yeah, sure. And I don't know if that's what was happening. I think there's definitely some of that. I think they definitely expected him to cave and be like, fine, I'll, I'll not upload this video or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and because he didn't, I think it put them in a pickle. I think that's pretty certain. And I wonder, too, to, to that point, I wonder mm-hmm. if this has happened, if they've in, been in similar scenarios before and have asked people to like erase the video and people have obliged them. It could be. I, I think quite likely, especially... Especially, I think the shout is very telling. Yeah. Because that was a shout of intimidation. I'm going to scare you until you do what I want. It was a shout of intimidation and command. Yeah. He didn't, he expected him to acquiesce quickly and he didn't. He didn't. And he ended up on Pierce Morgan. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Blowing it up even more. I think, what, six million, seven million people have seen the video. The video on YouTube right now has seven point. 737 million views right now. Wow. So it's approaching <laughs> 8 million. Yeah. So, oops, <laughs> that oops. didn't work out for yeah. you. But going back to the policewoman. Yeah. Uh, just, I think we've seen a trend of this with the police in Britain. If you're following British news in any way, you mentioned the Palestinian protests. At one of those protests, I saw a video from just a couple of weeks ago of a bunch of British patriots flying the Union Jack. And policemen came up to them and said you you can't fly you can fly these but you can't rest them on the barrier because it's it's literally a barrier so that the parade can go by or whatever and it's like for what reason on god's green earth would you not be able to rest your flag on the barrier and one of the patriots asks the policeman these people walk around with palestinian flags you don't say a thing to them one of the policeman says something very telling there's an awful lot more of them than there are of us oh my <laughs> So That's basically, you know, we're not about justice. We're about who's weaker than us and we'll make them obey the rules. You know, you said something interesting earlier about the social credit score system or social mm-hmm. credit system. You know, the UK has been trending in that direction for to a certain extent for a long time as well. You know, they've got their CCTV all mm-hmm. throughout the nation. But recently with social media, and arresting people for saying things on social media that are perfectly fine. Things. Like the the girl who said that a policewoman looked like a, a lesbian. Yeah. And literally, if you look at the policewoman and then look at the, the aunt of the girl who said that, who apparently the aunt is a lesbian, they look awful lot alike. So she was saying something that's factually true again, but she got in trouble. Yeah. But, well, g- going back a few years, you have Count Dankula, right. who's now kind of famous, who taught his pug to goose step like a, a Nazi. <laughs> and there, that's, there's nothing, like, that's not supporting Nazism. That's, if anything, making fun of it. Yeah. But he, he, I think he got sent to prison and things have panned out in his favor now. But for a while he was in legal jeopardy because he taught his pug to goose step. It's telling to see these essentially representatives of the Chinese Communist Party, it seems, trying to 
flex over British citizens. But then at the same time, the country itself is trending in a direction of weakness. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, there's an opportunity for the Chinese to take control. Well, that flexing of the Chinese would go nowhere if it wasn't for the authorities in the UK effectively kind acquiescing. of acquiescing mm-hmm. to it and and actually thinking that there's some kind of legitimacy to even the complaints when yeah. you know when you know well in in one sense to be kind of fair to what well, not fair to be understanding of a law officer in a situation where you're worried about two groups getting heated and you're trying to cool it and so right. I don't falter for coming and wanting to try to understand what in the world's going on. I can understand to a degree, not when she's wanting to talk with him off to the side, not wanting to be filmed necessarily by him. I can understand that to a degree, too. However, she's a public servant. She's in a public place. And she has a body cam on. She has a body cam on, which she notes. She needs to recognize that, yes, I'm in public. Everyone's seeing me. I need to assume has a camera on me. And I need to know the law well enough because I'm a law enforcer to be able to recognize this person's legal rights and that I'm, my job isn't just to recognize them, but to protect them. Yeah. And so in this scenario, the questions that we all might have is, well, if Kavanaugh hadn't had a camera, how would this have played out? I think those are the ones that are concerning because it looks like it would not have gone as well for him if he didn't have the entire thing documented. Yeah, obviously they the whole incident wouldn't have started if he wasn't filming, presumably. But yeah, if if he'd gotten into that kind of accusation of being racist and then a policewoman had come up and he wasn't filming with proof that he hadn't been racist and he hadn't been sexually assaulting anyone, what would have happened? That, I think, talk about what I'm calling the, the British government's weak need policy toward their own citizens and their own citizens' rights kind of leads me into what I think is the third key point here. And it's not something you'd immediately think of when watching this video, but it's something I immediately think of when watching this video. And it's something that bears repeating ad nauseum. Free speech is just a privilege without the right to bear arms. Yes. So the British citizens do not have the right to bear arms. And in fact, they're trying to crack down on uh, zombie knives now, which is eight inches with a serrated blade or something like that. What does that even mean, zombie knives? It's it's literally in reference... Well, that's what it sounds like, but it's literally in reference to weapons that look like weapons in zombie movies. That's literally what that term is. Re- <laughs> it's their version of the AR-15. Right. It's scary, so it's bad. It's and materially it's, the same as anything else. just looks scary. Right. What I know the, the British have a lot more rules on knives. I don't know. I'm, do we even have any rules on knives? There's well, some here and there. It depends on the state. Yeah, barely. Like, at 10 years old, I had a boot knife that was, like, this long. Yeah. And then, like, maybe two years later, my sister gave me Sting, Bilbo sword from Lord of the Rings for for Christmas. So, like... I know in the state of Tennessee, you could strap a sword to your back and walk down the street legally. Or into Walmart. Of course, you might be hassled, but it's technically legal. Right. You would not be in legal trouble. Are switchblades legal? I think they are. I remember Don't when quote me on that, I, I, think I think they, they are, are as well. I know I that when they I know that I own spring loaded knives and they're perfectly legal. Yeah, they didn't used to be, but right. I think they reversed them. the laws have changed. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, just if you as a citizenry of a nation allow yourselves to become unarmed, all your rights from then on only exist as long as the exist government as long- lets them. That's correct. <laughs> so don't let yourself be de- disarmed. Yeah. Those are like my three big points. There's not too much to say on the the gun control, but the the police thing is just well, 
I mean, they are British, and yeah. wouldn't they argue maybe the pen is more powerful than the sword? Well, in this case, it seems like the the video camera did the work of protecting his rights. Yeah, I'm being a little facetious there, right. but well, but the fact is, if the British government decided that no, you don't have that right to film, he has no recourse. Mm-hmm. Well, when I'm saying the pen is more powerful than the sword, the pen, assuming assuming all things are free, is that you're free to express your views against those who might have a dis- differing opinion or differing view. If that pen is prevented from being used, then it has no power. Right. And it's very easy to stop someone from using a pen if you hold a sword to their throat. <laughs> yep. So... All right, anything, any other big points of this video that we haven't touched on? That touched guys, on? Like you guys, I think just a summary to say this is a clash of Eastern values and flexing of power versus a weakening and self-sabotaging um, Western power. Yeah, I think that's it. That's a good summary. Do you think this will have any kind of a, an awakening impact? I had hope so. I think, I think there's been a trend that direction in England, maybe not from the legal system yet, but I think from the people, I think they're starting to realize, Hey, wait a second, (laughs) you know, maybe we need to start making our voices heard again. And Brexit was the first sign of that a few years back. Britain used to be, you know, one of the most powerful nations on earth. And, and I assume before 1900 or whenever the gun law was passed, most people were armed. I don't, I don't know specifically, but was that when it was 1900? Well, I know I'm basing this off of the TV show, The Peaky Blinders. The, team, <laughs> the police are already unarmed just after World War One. So okay. sometime before that, they disarmed the citizenry. I see. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I think it's also... You can still uh, have them with licenses. Yeah, yeah, but it's, you know, it should not be as hard as it is to get a gun there. Yeah. It's a wake-up call to recognize and understand that there's distinct differences in culture that matter and that your culture within your own nation, uh, no matter what the popular kind of leftist version of the world is where everything's about equity, the truth is that's not the case about almost anything and cultures included in that. No two cultures are the same. No two cultures are exactly equal. They have strengths and weaknesses, but there are some cultures that are better than others. We, and Britain is better than almost every other country on earth. And we want to preserve that goodness of the culture that we've developed and that these British citizens are a part of. And that's the threat I think that we see is, well, who, which culture is going to win? Because the notion of, I mean, there's the happy notion of multiculturalism, which is this kind of unrealistic view that all cultures can get along and be distinct and everything will be happy. It just, it's not possible. You can have a, a diverse society in terms of people from many different ethnic heritages. Right. But you can't have a diverse society in terms of many different philosophical interpretations of the relationship between the government and the individual. Because cultural, every culture contains a, a set of moral values that not just moral values, but a set of values that the people within the culture adhere to and believe in and hold to. And that's what makes it a culture. Yes. Social contract requires there be a, at least general agreement. Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of what we're seeing here is a clash of that. We see two different cultures and what are the expectations? And what made it more fascinating was the outside culture 
is the one trying to tell the right culture right these are effectively guests in his home trying to tell him what to do it's like you know you invite somebody over for dinner and they tell you how to wash the dishes afterwards right it's it's like you know you're at you're at the lunch table in elementary school and the bully kid has gotten so used to you just handing over your lunch that he just reaches across and takes it and then one day suddenly you say no it's my lunch and that's what what dr k did here Mm -hmm. and Good for him. Good for Dr. K. Yeah. I guess that's enough of a summary. We kind of went over what we've yeah. talked about. Good for Dr. K. I hope this video stays up. He says he's already gotten two strikes on it. So go watch it and download it while you can. It's called Police Called to Stop Filming During Piano Livestream, if you want to search it. It's on YouTube and he's on Rebel with that, I think. Yeah. And he's given permission for reposting. Yes, if it goes down. So. Yeah. All right. That's been the Pop Culture Contrarian. We are brought to you by the Patriot Post, where we all work. Patriot Post is the oldest online news digest from a conservative point of view. It's right. It's free. Be sure to like and subscribe. Bye. 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 Bye.